Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. This is the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about hitting the road piece accelerator. Welcome back, lovely teachers. Today's show is about the Rote Piece Accelerator, as I'm calling it, and this is actually a magical accelerator episode because I'm going to help you accelerate in two different directions. First of all, we're going to talk about how Rote Pieces accelerate students' learning, and then we're going to talk about accelerating the learning of Rote Pieces. So whether you struggle to see the value in Rote Pieces or get as much out of them as you can, or you're struggling to teach them quickly and efficiently, this episode is for you. First of all, let's look at some of the wonderful skills that rope pieces help our students to learn. All of these things will help them become better readers as well. Before we even do that though, let's talk about what rote teaching is, just in case you're brand new to the way we use this term these days. The old paradigm of talking about rote teaching means like the times tables where you're going two plus two is four, or sorry, two by two is four, etc, etc, and chanting those out in class. While that is rote learning as well, what we're talking about here is a different style of teaching pieces. It basically means teaching pieces through demonstration rather than through notation or by listening. So listening is involved in rote teaching, but it is distinct from playing by ear. If you're playing something by ear, you are figuring it out using your ears and then translating that onto the piano or your instrument. If you're rote learning a piece, it means you have someone who's going to demonstrate it for you. It could be someone on a video or could be your teacher in the lesson. Now, rote teaching has been gaining more and more popularity in recent years, which is wonderful because it has so many benefits. It is not just a shortcut to learning pieces when you're not, when you don't want to read. It's actually a really beneficial way to develop musicianship skills in general. One of the skills that rote teaching helps your students to develop is active listening. Now, I just said that it's not playing by ear. It's not. But your student will and should listen to the piece lots of times as they're learning it and even before they're learning it. This allows them to get used to really listening to music. 
How many of your students are able to do that right now? So much music in the modern world is background. It's just the soundtrack, right, to our lives. It's in the background as we're walking around the supermarket, getting on our nerves, or it's just all around us. It's literally the soundtrack on movies. It's not the centerpiece. So students are not as used to actively listening as, say, they were in Beethoven's time when you would go into a room to listen to music. And that's why you were there, because otherwise you couldn't listen to it. Now, I'm not lamenting the advent of recordings. I think it's wonderful that we can listen to music whenever. And I think its use in various capacities, whether it's in airports to calm people down or in the soundtracks of movies, is fantastic. What I am saying, though, is we're not used to listening to it properly. So when your students learn rote pieces and they're encouraged to listen to the piece and answer questions about it, what are the patterns, what bits repeat, all of these kinds of things, they get used to really listening and that is a new skill for many of them. Rote pieces also help your students to develop a set of rhythm vocab, as I call it, rhythmic vocabulary. So I have a set of cards, actually four sets of cards that I call rhythm vocab. And that's because I believe in this idea of developing students uh, common rhythmic patterns in their mind so that when they see that notation or hear that pattern, they just think it sounds like this. They don't have to dissect it or count it out or figure out the maths. They can actually just look at it and think that sounds like this. Great example of this is how Piano Safari uses the animal rhythms in the first book. So kangaroo is ti-ti-ta or quaver, quaver, crotchet or eighth, eighth quarter. And students can see that and think kangaroo. Like I already know what that sounds like. So giving it a fun animal way name is one way to do that. But in rope pieces, students are absorbing these rhythms. They're getting to play them without the notation, yes, but they're getting to play them and experience them. And through all that demonstration, they correct it again and again and again so that they're playing it just like you, which is with a steady pulse and in the correct pattern, right? Another skill that students can take from rote pieces and apply to their reading pieces is the skill of finding patterns and shapes. We talked a moment ago about the skill of active listening and when students are actively listening and when they're playing their piece, they're going to be searching for these patterns and shapes. The trick to great rote pieces or pattern pieces, as they're sometimes called, is that they are easier to play and see on the piano, usually, than they are on the staff. So when you're seeking out these patterns of how they occur on the piano or how they go up and down or how they repeat, you're learning about finding patterns, pattern seeking. And that is a really important skill when it comes to written notation as well. Rope pieces also improve students' memory. In fact, commonly in my studio with students, I don't call them rope pieces, I call them memory pieces. That makes sense to students. That's a good term for them to latch onto, I found, at least where I am in my studio. So these memory pieces are definitely improving students' memories. An important part of our memory is our oral memory or listening memory. This is something that can be really underdeveloped in some students more than others, where they hear something and they can't sing it back to you. They can't remember how it went, even to the degree of a few notes like 
two or three, a student can't really remember that. So things like echoes back and forth between you are great, both singing and playing on the instrument. But rope pieces are also a great way to develop this kind of memory as well as the more analytical type of memory. When students learn memory pieces, they have to remember them because they're going to go home and you're not there. And yes, they have reminder videos or listening tracks or both, but they do have to use their memory. And I found that students' memories improve so much across the course of the first year with me. And it's because we're doing all these rote pieces, they're coming back and their memory, their short-term and long-term memory gets better and better and better for these pieces, even as the pieces increase in difficulty. Now, this is going to help them with their reading as well, because if you can remember more easily, you can remember, I've found, visual patterns as well as these oral patterns. And even the oral patterns, when you know a sound, because you've experienced it by memorizing a piece with it several times, you see that in the music in front of you, or you play it once and you can recall it more easily, which all helps with learning reading music much faster. The other thing students have to notice in their rote pieces, especially as they get more complex, is the interval patterns and the directionality. So the piece is going up, it's going down at its simplest, right? But then it gets to be, okay, well, it skips and then it steps, or this time it changes because it does a fifth where it was doing a third. So if you start to use these terms with students as well as just them noticing it, they start to build this into the vocabulary and their understanding of the music. Rope pieces also are huge for musicality and expression. It's much, much easier to get a student to play something expressively, to play it with feeling once they have memorized it, right? You may have experienced this, even if you've never taught by rote, you've experienced this with memorization work. Once a student has memorized something, they can get off the page, they can get a little bit out of the dots and lines, right? And they can experience it and play it and listen to it more fully. Well, rope pieces do this right from the start. And students can then apply that more to their reading pieces because they're much more used to listening and expressing themselves through music. And the little bonus skill that I think is wonderful for students to develop through rope pieces is curiosity. How many of your students would you describe as curious? I think this is something that's naturally baked into most kids, but can often be left out in schools, in certain environments and things like that, to the point where students stop asking the questions. Rope pieces help this draw this out of students because you play it for the student and you ask them about how it made them feel or what pictures were in their head and the different patterns they heard and all that stuff we've talked about already. It helps make students more curious about what is going on and how they can understand it and then how they can learn that piece of music. So rope pieces help to accelerate your students' progress with all areas of music, including reading. Now let's think about the other accelerator I mentioned. How do we learn rote pieces faster? How do we teach them faster? The first thing I'm going to mention, you will know, is a battle if you've ever taught rote pieces before, and that is listening to the tracks at home. So this is really hard to get parents to follow up on. Understandably, it's an extra step for them. They've got a lot on their plate, so we need to be empathetic. But if we can get students to listen to the tracks at home, it will accelerate their learning 
tenfold. Honestly, I have a few students who do this consistently, some who do it intermittently, and some who never listen at home. And the difference is extraordinary. (laughs) So this needs to be talked about as a regular part of practice. I like to emphasize with parents that this is one of their assignments too. If they're doing their practice, this is part of it. Emphasize that to students as well. It still takes a lot for it to go through. I also include this in mentions that go out in my automatic email series that new parents get. If you're looking to put together some automatic emails, we have a course for that. It's called Essential Email Templates. It's just another touch point. It's just another way to reinforce this message. It's also really important to make sure it's easy for them to listen to the tracks at home. So we use an app called Tanara for all our practice assignments and the tracks are right there. If you're not using something like that, make sure they have a way to listen and not just a CD. Honestly, many families do not have a CD player. If they do, it's usually in the car. So I encourage them to put the CD in their car if there is one and try to listen to it on journeys they take together on the way to school, that kind of thing. But they really need to have a digital option as well. So whether you share a Google Drive link, a Dropbox link, OneDrive, something like that, or use a practice app like Tanara or Practice Space or many, many others so that you can share the actual track with your parent to make it accessible rather than saying to them, oh, go download it from this website and put it on your phone. Parents are not as tech savvy, I've found, as you might expect them to be sometimes, especially if they're of a younger generation. We tend to assume like they're going to know all how this all works. Some of them don't. And it's not fair that they get left behind just because they don't know how to put it on their phone and they're too embarrassed to ask you. So make sure they know how to do it at the very least, but ideally just share a Dropbox link, Drive link, something like that with them. Now, the other thing about rope pieces, the big mistake that I see many new teachers making, including the teachers I train here at Colourful Keys, is about the speed and the chunks of the piece. They're going too fast and doing too much. And we know from the tortoise and the hare, that makes us go slower. So if you are teaching rope pieces and you're sort of new to it or you've been struggling with it for a while, then this might be where you're going wrong. You need to split up the rope piece into small manageable chunks. You need to understand it really well so that you know where it repeats, where what makes it easy to learn, what makes it a rope piece. Does it go, you know chromatically on the piano or does it repeat the same thing in different octaves things like that what makes it easy to learn because there is something if it's intentionally meant to be a rope piece and then you can split it up in a way that makes sense and makes it digestible and you can go slowly with those sections go slow to go fast that's the accelerator you also need to make sure you're having the conversations put it into words don't just demonstrate and have your student play it Ask them questions and make sure that you're bringing out the things again that make it easy to learn because there is something. So ask very careful questions that bring out those details. Simple examples of this are like, was I playing on the black keys or the white keys? Was there any part where it repeated? Did it have the same rhythm pattern? Could I use the same words at different parts of this piece or would the words need to be different? It all depends on the piece you're teaching, but asking questions that direct students' attention towards the right part, the hook of the piece, the bit that makes it easy, is really important. And then, 
the most important thing, make lasagna. I've talked about lasagna before. Lasagna is what I call interleaved practice, really. So by making lasagna, I mean teach your student a little bit of the rope piece towards the start of the lesson. Do something else. Come back and say, hey, do you still remember that song about the turtle? Great. They still remember it or no, they don't. Reteach it. Do something else. Come back and talk about the turtle again. If they're still doing great and they did great the last time, add on a bit more. If they're not, just reinforce it. You should aim to revisit rope pieces about five times during the lesson. So many teachers complain. Not so many teachers complain. That's too rough. But I hear from many teachers that their students are not watching the reminder videos at home and they're kind of throwing up their hands and saying, how are we supposed to do rope pieces with the reminder videos? I'm going to be honest with you, my students almost never use the reminder videos. I consider them a backup plan for when you're really stuck, not a mode of learning. The listening tracks, those are essential and I really want students to listen to them. Even if they don't, I'm going to make it work, but that's a part of practice. The reminder videos, Those are not a part of practice. They're if you get stuck in my studio. And the reason this works is lasagna. I have made them remember it so many times in the lesson. I've given them the opportunity to forget it by doing something else and then come back to it. And they have practiced recalling it so that when they go home, it's so much easier to do that retrieval process themselves. So there are four different accelerators for your rope pieces. Make sure they're listening to the tracks or do your very darndest to get them to. Split it up and go slowly. Remember, you're the tortoise, not the hare. Have conversations about the piece and draw it out of them and make your lasagna. Your one thing this week. If you've never taught a rope piece before, go teach one. It could be to a neighbor, a friend, a spouse, or to a student. If you have taught by rote before, I want you to implement something, anything, that will make it more likely they listen to the tracks at home. Any one thing, maybe it's an email, maybe it's uploading them to Dropbox when before you gave them CDs. Come up with something that will make the more likely they listen at home. Even if you just convert one student to an at-home listener through this action that you take with your whole studio, it will be worth it. That's it for this week, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it helps you accelerate in every direction. And I'd love to hear from you. Please find me on Instagram at Colorful Keys or in the Facebook group Vibrant Music Studio Teachers. See you next week. Vibrant Music Teaching membership costs less than the price of one lesson each month. That is totally worth it for all of the courses, games, resources, downloadables, printables that you can get access to as a member, as well as a fabulous community support you'll find inside. Go to vmt.ninja and become part of the revolution.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.